I like Transformers? Uh, no, let's not bring those up. And welcome <laughs> to the Down in Front Podcast, the official podcast of downinfrontpodcast.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for joining. If this is your first time hanging out with us, we want to say thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, as tonight, we are going to give you a full review of Dumbo, one of the newest Disney live animated action films to date, directed by Tim Burton. But before we get into all that, what we usually do is have a bit of a roundtable. So we go around and talk about who's on the show, what else we've been watching, and what we currently are drinking for tonight. So as always, I want to toss it over to my best friend, Mr. Brylan. We go way, way back. What's going on, man? What uh, what else have you been watching, and what are you currently sipping on right now? Hey, how's it going this evening? Uh, what I'm sipping on right now is I found one last bottle of... Evil Geniuses Beer Company Stacy's Bomb. So that makes it a whole month <laughs> to take me through this six-pack. So uh, so I'll have to have some new alcohol for next week. So that'll be an interesting uh, decision to make. Uh, what I've been watching right now, I've been watching a lot of like uh, just one-offs because uh, I started um, getting back into some anime and wanted to check out some anime series that I've been hearing about that it just got released. So I checked out the first episode of Gundam Build Divers, which is the latest Gundam series, because when it comes to anime, big giant robots is probably my favorite genre. And um, it's interesting because uh, currently, like, one of the recent animes that actually captured my attention, I watched the whole series through with Sword Art Online, which is all about going in online and being trapped in these fantastical worlds through the internet and Gundam build divers kind of adds that twist into the Jaya robot formula. And, but I found it to be uh, a little too childish for my taste. So uh, I don't want to really watch like a team of five-year-olds try to save the universe or win the video game basically. So I don't know if I'll continue with it or not. Uh, but the first episode, it was a nice little setup piece. Uh, and then I checked out um, the first episode of Ultraman, the new Netflix original anime based on the, this big giant robot character that's been around since the 60s, essentially. And Ultraman was, um, this is a neat little twist on Ultraman. I think the visual style is really neat. Uh, I think much like the Dragon Prince, which is another original Netflix production, that you can definitely see where they're cutting corners to produce the anime, uh, where the animation doesn't really seem that fluid or uh, captivating or anything like that, that it's a lot of, let's take a few seconds to kind of keep things kind of still so we don't have to pay for them to move that much. No. Uh, but I do like the visual element of it. So I might check out another episode and see if it's worth continuing with. They have a neat little story twist on the Ultraman character that they're starting to build out as well. So I think it'd be kind of neat to pursue that. Yeah, the Ultraman sounds very, very interesting. I don't know if it's because 
I think it's a reference. I may have just heard it from Ready Player One, uh, but maybe the other. There's an Ultraman in there. Yeah. Is it okay? That's okay. That's probably why. Good stuff. Well, as always, it's great to see your face. I'm excited that you're getting diving into more of the uh, anime section. So I'm excited to see uh, what more you've been watching later on. Uh, I'll toss it over to one of my best friends. Uh, we lived together briefly, and yes, that's true. I was the little spoon. Uh, Blew it. What's going on, man? What you sipping on tonight? And what else have you been watching? Man, all I wanted was one night of big spoon or of uh, little spoon. Excuse me. I messed that that's joke okay. up. Let's take that yeah, again. You did. Yeah, all I wanted was one. <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? Um, so what I'm drinking tonight is Polar Seltzerade because it's almost summer and I want some strawberry lemonade in my mouth. Um, you'll probably see me get some tea later, uh, some good old sleepy time celestial seasons because, you know, why not? Yeah, right. Um, as for what I've been watching, literally nothing. I've had pretty much something new going on every single night and i've also worked i think every single day since we recorded captain marvel so i I haven't watched anything but there's new maya news music that should be out this week or next week it's kind of time sensitive so it will be out sometime in the next couple days awesome yeah but captain marvel wasn't the last episode you recorded I meant to say us. I'm on a great start tonight. <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm real ready to... to <laughs> we're watching, we watched Bambi, right? <laughs> That's what we're talking yeah, about. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Well, Blue, as always, it's great to have you on. Uh, even though you may not currently be here, you, you're, here you're here with us. Uh, we have our very special guest. She is now going to be uh, titled the resident Disney expert, because I think she's been on the most podcasts for Disney, live action Disney movies. Unless you count Marvel. (laughs) No, I don't count Marvel. (laughs) Anyways, uh, Megan Arnold, how's it going? Excited to see your face. Excited to see you this weekend. There we go. What are you drinking and what else have you been watching? Um, I am currently drinking True Myth Chardonnay, one of my favorite Chardonnays, because I needed something happy because I hated this movie. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Am I coming in too hot? (laughs) Um, Recently, I have been watching season three of Queer Eye on Netflix. Let me tell you, I cry every time. Such a great show. Um, I also recently started rewatching Champions, which just premiered on Netflix. Um, it is created by Mindy Kaling. There's only one season. I think it got canceled, but I think it's really funny. But I have low standards, so yeah, there we know. are. Uh, do you, uh, does she star I'm in the show with you guys? What? Yeah, I was hoping that you wouldn't get that uh, quip off. Uh, Did she star in the show? She is in the show, but she doesn't star in it. Okay. Well, as always, I'm excited to uh, get your opinion. I know one of the last times you had a really great review uh, on a bunch of the movies, but I think the one that comes to my mind was Beauty and the Beast. So I'm excited to get your opinion on not only the 2019 version of Dumbo, but also the 1941 version, which I know you recently watched, too. Mm Mm-hmm. As as a small child when it first came out. In the last few days. But, okay. Uh, 
I, I watched it in 1941. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, you look great man. You look good. Oh, thank you. Uh, my name is Warren. I will be your host this evening. I am currently drinking water because that is all I have and a little bit left of a ginger ale that I'm saving. But I will be brewing some tea um, later on, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, and I watched a bunch of movies. It was actually really awesome. Me and Emma had watched three movies back to back to back this weekend. I think on Friday, and it was phenomenal. It was great. Um, but the one movie I do want to kind of call out was called Wonder. Has anybody seen this movie? You mean Wonder? No. It's based off of the <laughs> book. Wonder. Did somebody yeah. say Wonder? Yeah, I, I, dude, I'm I'm all off today. That's not. It was yeah. the no. second one was the real quote. <laughs> Anyways, uh, oh. Wonder is an absolute amazing movie. I'm so upset, guys, that we did not review this movie or even talk about it. I mean, I was literally crying throughout the entire movie how beautiful it was. And the reason why I do want to bring this up was the child acting in this movie was phenomenal. And it wasn't just one. It was like 10 children. And they all were great. Uh, definitely go check this movie out. I think I watched it on Hulu. I'll go and double check and make sure. Uh, but it's on Hulu. Julia Roberts is in it. Owen Wilson's in it. I mean, the cast is absolutely phenomenal. And it's just a really, really great story um, that also is pretty realistic. It's kind of grounded. So I really, really enjoy the movie a lot. Uh, the score was absolutely phenomenal also. Um, so if you have a chance, you haven't necessarily seen it, check out Wonder. Um, I think you will definitely enjoy it. Because I know I did. So what I want to do, as we always do, is kind of raise our glasses for one of our favorite sections is going to be Send a Sip, uh, where we're going to be shouting out some people or things and saying thank you for being you. Uh, I'll toss it over to the beautiful Brylin. Brylin, who are you dedicating your sip to tonight? I have to give a sip out to Kevin Feige and the crew at Marvel uh, just because today they literally broke the internet yeah. with uh, ticket sales for Mar Avengers Endgame. I still don't think it's working properly for a lot of people, but I think after about five or six hours, I finally got a ticket. So here's to you, Kevin Feige, for making great content that, I mean, requires <laughs> a huge demand of technology on human behavior. I appreciate it. Can I take a sip from all of the theater and movie <laughs> ticket places? Because yes. their websites, like, come on, guys. You you knew this. You knew it ahead of time. <laughs> like, how? Call up Never DJ Khalid and get the them. power to... of humans. I mean, they are very demanding creatures. But you knew, you knew <laughs> the tickets were going to come out today. Like, I don't know. Buy a couple extra servers. Maybe one or two more. At get least. ready! Get ready! Get ready for it! Yeah. Where would yeah. they get the money, though? Oh, what <laughs> from their from their pizza sales, Brian? Shut up! Yeah. From the the banana stand. <laughs> yeah, I was bummed because uh, I was actually trying to get a ticket to this movie we're viewing tonight, and I couldn't. And I was like, "Well, yeah. I'm definitely not paying for this movie, so it, it's not going to work." It finally worked at I think maybe a half hour before this showing. And so it was crazy. I was literally trying all day and the app wasn't even loading. So yeah. uh, on my phone, my iPad and both computers. So I, I was think, like, hey, this is bad. I think the entire Adam website was just down. Fandango I mostly worked for other movies. Uh, I tried Fandango. It still wasn't working just to watch Dumbo. Re oh, really? Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I had to go to the actual kiosk <laughs> and ask for a ticket from a human. 
and oh, you know, ew, ticket. Ew. Did they, you know, did, I know. They did they touch you? It was weird. I mean, you they know, almost did. You know what? It's nuts. Uh, so the Showcase Cinema uh, by my house, and I'm sorry, this is totally sidetracking, but I really wanted to talk about this. So yeah. I bought my Dumbo ticket on the Fandango app. And so most of the time when you go to the theater, you show them the QR code, they scan it in, a human being scans it, and then they say, congratulations, make your way to the theater, have a good show. You know, it's just like, it's a simple four-sentence transaction. Uh, but no, my Showcase Cinema... I purchased the ticket on the Fandango app. I came in with the QR code. Then I had to open up the Fandango app again because the guy's like, no, you have to punch the confirmation number into this little kiosk thing, print out the ticket, and then you give me the ticket. I rip it in half and give you half, and then you have a good time. I'm like, what's the point? It's like, dude, just, just get a little barcode scanner. You could get an app on your phone that'll do it. Just point something at it and say beep. It's the same. Yeah, it, there was six people in the theater. They went to like. <laughs> honestly, if I went any earlier, I've gone to this theater before, and I I always feel somewhat bad about paying because literally no one checks like the one o'clock shows. You can just walk in. It just no no one's ever gonna say anything to you because uh, I've seen some pretty terrible movies at that time, and I always I'm like, man, that fourteen dollars could have gone somewhere else. You should just get AMC stubs, bro. No, but I don't like convenience. Ah, okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so moving along, uh, Blue It, who are you dedicating <laughs> your sips to? So you want me to keep on talking, I guess. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm going to send my sip. Uh, it was originally to Megan because uh, it this movie really empowers people that are uh, kind of goofy looking to move ahead with their lives and one day she'll get there. Um, but secondarily, <laughs> I, I really wanted to, uh, send my sip to my good friend, friend of the show, uh, Mr. Joe, um, Ooh. just moved down here with his whole family down to Florida, uh, long arduous process. They have a two year old. So, you know, figuring that one out is fun. Uh, but I think they made it all safe and sound and wish him luck on his next chapter. We love you, Joe. Here, see you, Joe. Good job, Joe. Cool dude. We'll miss you. Uh, Megan, who are you dedicating your sip to tonight? Um, well, I was going to send it to the Down in Front podcast crew, but I take it back and I'm sending wow. it to you and Bryland. <laughs> what about Mocha? <laughs> We're just ignoring yeah, what if, what uh, and about- Mocha. Oh, I miss Mocha. <laughs> um, for, for continually inviting me back, I'm not entirely sure why. I have trash taste in movies, but I appreciate hanging out with you guys. It was an accidental text. I was actually oh, texting yeah. somebody else. A different um, name. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it works out, right? You're still a cool person. Uh, Sometimes. Thanks. Yeah, uh, we will happily take your sips. We appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to be dedicating my sip to uh, one of the lead actors for that movie, Wonder, because I did not realize how good he was in this movie had to be balanced out with how bad he was in another movie. (laughs) Jacob Tremblay, good good on you. (laughs) Jacob Tremblay, good on you for being in Wonder, bad on you for being in The Predator, because that movie was fucking terrible. So I'm really glad he's not always a shitty actor. Uh, so he's not like Ty Simpkins or the other shitty guy from uh, Bradley. What's the name of that movie? You know. Oh, man. Uh, the Godfather. We just saw it. Shut up. <laughs> not The Godfather. The robot, some... the, the, the robot lady. Oh, Alita. Thank you. Alita. Yeah. yeah. 
So that is who I'm going to be dedicating my sip to, Mr. Jacob Tremblay. So we're pumped, and as always, we are going to be moving into our spoiler section, and we're going to be start talking about the review. So if you haven't seen Dumbo just yet, definitely go check it out, maybe, or go check out the original one, maybe. Maybe just read a synopsis online. Who knows? But we're going to take a break, and we'll be back for a full spoiler section for Dumbo. back and we are the down in front podcast we are in our spoiler section for dumbo one of the newest films from disney in 2019 so if you haven't seen it we want to let you know that anything after this we will be ruining the movie so you probably want to go maybe check the movie out maybe um, actually read it from wikipedia uh hit pause and come back and see what you got uh we're going to break it up into a couple different sections as we usually do we're going to talk about the acting and then characters and then we're going to talk a little bit about the plot and story and then also do a bit of a comparison to the original 1941 film um, to this particular film here. Uh, so as we usually do, I'm going to now mix it up a little bit. I'm going to toss it over to our special guest, Megan, and says, Megan, talk to me about the acting and character of Dumbo. Um, I have some feelings about it. I personally am a huge fan of Colin Farrell. One of my favorite movies growing up was SWAT. Check it out. It's great. Did you also like stealth? Stealth is a good movie. <laughs> no, I've never heard of that. What? Does it's it have awesome. Colin Farrell in it? No, it doesn't have Colin Farrell. So I think it has Samuel L. Jackson in it. No. The same Carol. person. Jamie Foxx, another white dude, and Jessica Bills in yeah. stealth. Oh, yeah. Oh, it has uh, that dude. The wrong white dude. Not the wrong white dude. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in Daredevil? It's Colin Farrell? Oh, the movie. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Wow. We, yeah, got, you we were... got one sentence in, and we are already just don't want to talk about this movie. <laughs> well, she, oh, man, you hit me You hit me with uh, SWAT being your favorite movie. Too, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, we needed to call that out. You. How can you go wrong? SWAT is like you... backdraft with cops. <laughs> Sorry. Moving on. I'm a big <laughs> I did not like him in this movie. I didn't think he had a real character. Um I don't think I should go first. <laughs> okay. You know, just to counteract that just a little bit. So I, I mostly agree with you, Megan. Um yeah, there's not much depth of character to him. But there's something I kind of like about Colin Farrell after this history of all these very, like, quirky characters, but also lovable characters that he just goes whole hog into, like, the more of a wholesome but kind of dry character. And I thought 
it works for what it is. So no, it didn't. I didn't think it was awful. I don't think he was awful. I just think that it was very, very wholesome what he did. And it was not, uh, it's not like your normal Colin Farrell role that you see him in. So I do have to blame both. You know, I have to blame the director and I have to blame the actor. Um, Colin Farrell is playing almost the same exact character um, from Saving Mr. Banks. And so he's uh, not lovable. Have you seen the movie, Rylan? No. Okay, <laughs> shut, so, so shut up. So he's playing an exact character. Uh, so in this movie, also in Dumbo, he's playing this um, sort of like rough, uh, but also cold uh, character. Clearly, it looks like it was kind of alluding to like the war has clearly changed him. But there were so many uh, kind of callbacks about like, oh, mom would do this. Mom would do this from the kids that it seems as though that he never listened to his kids. And we actually kind of get that in this actual story. And we get that in this actual movie, too. And so almost everything from his his introduction into this movie throughout, I was like, man, they're not doing anything in this movie for us to like him as a character. Uh, and I felt it was kind of bummer because it was I know he can be a very lovable character even the weird swap that they did in the fantastic beast i was really bummed about i still was kind of digging some of the things he was trying to do as being a, a villain there in this movie it just felt like he just didn't do a lot and i don't necessarily know if it was the direction that he was given or what he was trying to portray so it was kind of tough before but there were some weird lines where he was like leave him he was saying like leave him alone kids hey i told you to leave dumbo alone and <laughs> It would like the camera would hold, yeah, big D. The camera would hold on like Colin Farrell. It would hold on him, and it was like, "Are we supposed to like you?" Because for about forty-five minutes to make maybe an hour and a half, I hate you. Then this entire movie, up until you choose to break Dumbo out and set him free, so it, it was kind of tough. That I don't know which to blame, so I'm gonna blame both of them and saying. You know, really give me something why I need to be rooting for you, Colin Farrell, Holt, Captain Holt, whatever you want to call yourself. Give me something why I need to be rooting for you. Give me some sort of emotional stakes so that I can see you're actually a good person down um, down under, not being super selfish and how you just keep um, looking at a picture of your wife and say how sad you are and treating your kids like shit for 90 minutes of the well, movie. No, and Brian, I'll disagree with you on that one. Like he, it, it seemed like war didn't change him. It seemed like he went to war. He was like a terrible dad or not even a terrible dad. He was just like a, whatever. Like he was more focused on riding horses and then he came mm. back and that was his, his, it's still the same thing. It's, it didn't seem like he was like a broken man or anything. He just wanted to ride horses again. <sighs> And not well, I mean, but also at the same time, they didn't really make it out where he was neglectful. It's just like he wants to connect but doesn't know how. And yeah, maybe not, not through this caring for Dumbo or anything, you know, like they get to a point where uh, he gets, I mean, basically a replacement mom is what their solution is in this oh, movie. Boy. That was and terrible. So, that was a terrible And that's sub-plot. more about the story, which we'll get into later. But I think for what Colin Farrell was given, um, he, he was definitely like, uh, he made me feel, he felt kind of like the dad from 101 Dalmatians, like very dry, very just all around do-gooder that wants the best, even though he may not know how to make the best happen with his kids. The 101 Dalmatians live action or the animated? Animated. I've never seen the live action. 
Island. Okay. I just got similar feel. Uh, Blue, just to counter one point, I did feel as though he was discharged from the war because they felt like he couldn't fight. And so he was coming back to the only thing that he knew he was good at, and that was riding horses. Yeah. And so that's why that's that's why I felt that war did change him because he went there being sort of the best and being a captain, and he was discharged and says, "You're not good enough. See you later," and basically kicked out. So that's how I was feeling that war kind of changed him. I thought it made him cold. I'm not sure. I do think he was a bad father because. Never throughout this entire movie did he ask his chickens how they were doing. Never this entire movie did he do literally anything fatherly no. at all. And no. so I'm like, it's I thought also I the think 20s, it's a terrible father. So, so? Mean, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> you can still ask your children how they're doing, man. Like, he, he could, was more of but... a father. He was more of a father to Dumbo than he was his own children. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of fucked up. It was like... And that that's why I think he's a terrible father to his children. <laughs> Not Dumbo. And come on, man. Like, the least you can do is at least ask him and kind of listen. And even to the point where they even put, which I thought was kind of strange line in this movie. You where really don't they, get a scene where he's not necessarily neglectful to his kids or anything, but more just he's there trying to communicate with kids dealing with grief at the same time. He's dealing with a lot of grief and change in his life, too. But you don't get, like any scene where he is actually bad towards his kid. He doesn't mistreat him anyway. Well, I don't think that he's anything towards his kids. Yeah. And that's yeah, part that's, of the problem. Is and like, And there's no character is. growth for him. There's no story arc for him. Like, he comes yeah. back, and it's like he's there, but he's not really there. And the kids, at this point, have kind of gone on with their lives without having any parents because you know, they had to and they don't do anything to show him trying to get back in or do something to make them feel like he is there for them. And yeah. ironically enough, and I that, still agree that, yeah, there wasn't really that much development to follow what his character was dealing with. What his but character think, could have been. Right. It's like, yeah, but I think Colin Farrell, I mean, he was solid. He was, no, decent in what he did. No, uh, one one other like quick thing on this that they had the easy route. They didn't even take the easy route on this one. This is how nothing this character was. Um, is that they could have had him been like you know a decent a better father, um, and then he goes to World War One, which it made it seem right. I think we're all in agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So World War One, yeah. um, and that was the, the first World War, or the, the yeah, obviously uh, that was the one of the biggest. Uh, Eye openers for shell shock, which has been renamed a couple times, but now we know it as PTSD. Um, and so you could have had a sub uh, plot where he's dealing with PTSD, and you could have built that in with the fire and everything that Dumbo. Like that yes. is more of an engaging character. That is the easiest character to write. Like man goes to war, he doesn't like what he finds there. It changes him. Instead, he he, we, he makes a line and going off your point, he makes a line that says, "Oh." I've been to Paris once, or been to France once. Didn't like it. What was yeah, that supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, like what's that? So you literally—that's a throwaway line about you going to war, and that's changing your character. That they literally didn't put any backing to it. And well, no, because it was, that, that, it was yeah, like it was like Tony Stark saying, uh, "Hey, Squidward," to Ebony Ma. It was just a quip. That's all it was. It was a it was a, it was a nonsensical quip. That was just supposed to fill four seconds of the movie. 
I feel like they could have even gone another way with it too. Like not even necessarily the PTSD, but it could have been like a band of misfits, right? Like he's back from the war. He's missing his arm. He can't be this great horse rider that he once was. His daughter is in the circus, but prefers science and doesn't want to be in sh- like on show in front of people. And you've got Dumbo with his big ears and none of, no one likes him. And everyone has like this reason to be outside of the core whatever. And they don't even do that. Like they don't even go down that route, which I feel like is the basis of what Dumbo is supposed to be like is an outsider and your differences can make you better than others or whatever. And they don't even do that. But how, like what did they do that showed that they tried? Well, I think the whole subplot about like the, all like the, you know, the the circus freaks getting fired from Disney That's World. just showing that they're not as good as all of these others. But they have heart. No, I, I agree. I, like, so they didn't execute it well. I think that plot was there. They just didn't. They didn't execute on it at all. Like there, there wasn't. It wasn't reinforced ever. There was no parallels being drawn at any point between those three characters, like you said, and that they're. Even though they're approaching in different ways, they're all still feeling ostracized by whatever communities. It was, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of there if you looked was, really, yeah, really it was, hard. It was hinted at it, and then you connected all seven of your brain cells together. <laughs> One character I'll mention that was probably the standout for me was Eva Green as Colette. Uh, she comes about halfway through the movie, uh, and I like her character arc. Even though it, she's there, that's very supportive role and it's very brief. Uh, Eva Green is an actress that can always bring more to the supporting roles that you give her. Like, if she, uh, I, it reminds me of like how she played uh, Vesper Lind and Casino Royale, where up until that time you thought like the the Bond romantic lead was going to be just a very shallow like damsel in distress and she brought a lot more to that and i think she does similar things with this character here where we get to learn about colette's background as coming from the streets of paris and everything and uh she does carry with her even when she decides to like help the farriers and dumbo uh get to freedom that she still keeps this edge that she grew up streetwise and that she grew up kind of under the tutelage of uh, of Michael Keaton's character to be all about this business. And uh, we can actually kind of see that even with her partnership and relationship that she develops with Dumbo, even though she shows that she cares. And then like when they're up doing the performance, she kind of still has that professional edge when they're like on the platform, that little kick that she gives to her foot. It can be seen as kind of, be, kind of being aggressive, but it's like, all right, it's time to put on a show. She's trying to help Dumbo like kind of be a little bit more professional as well. And I thought those little bits that she actually brought to the role uh, actually made that character a lot more interesting than it should have been by any other actor. But uh, Eva Green, I think, elevated that role really well. There wasn't much to elevate. I'll, I'll, I'll give her that. Yeah. She, she was fine. There was, it was a nonsense role, though. And she, I mean, but- she, she plays the same character she plays every other time, where it's just like, like whimsical 
goth chick, you know, <laughs> that has a strange kind of different type of uh, she, she, she's a just, dialect that she's using. And she's sultry. She's just I mean, sultry she in, in like everything. Yeah, she was Have my favorite character in the yeah. whole movie. Probably because I felt like she's the only one who had any sort of arc. Like, I mean, she shows up and she's this kind of hoity-toity French lady. And then, like, you hear a little bit more about her backstory and how she's there with Michael Keaton's character. And yeah, he's well, helped was... her with whatever. And then she's, like, the one that's nice to Dumbo and nice to the kids. But that was basically, like, a scriptwriter flashbang where they just, like, purposely didn't tell you anything. And then they introduce these characters that they don't tell you anything about. So you're just sitting there like, I'm an hour into this movie, and who are these people? And why do I care? And why is it but Batman I care because and the, the chick only from James interesting Bond? Per- part of the movie. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, yeah, but still, like, again, like, it's, they just didn't tell you anything about these people. They didn't make any references. They literally just had a cutaway. And I'm like, did I, like, fall asleep for a minute? Why is Michael Keaton on the screen when they're like, we have to talk to this guy. I'm like, who are you? Why do I care? It was a weird introduction. They, they, she was fine in it. I, I will say this though. Cause I, I don't have, uh, we don't have another spot in the podcast to talk about this. Uh, Burton did a good job with the visual visual aspects besides from a couple things with the CGI on Dumbo. And I think this movie will, look very dated very quickly with the cgi that they used but the 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 color palette that they used was was pretty nice so uh colette when she was standing in front of the shipyard she was the only one in red slightly off center and everything else was drab around her and she had this like you know very it was a a cool image it almost honestly looked like a painting um that there was a couple other things where the the circus is sitting in like either this you know the prairies and you see these tents kind of build up over uh the golden <clears throat> ground like i think it was visually a, a fairly nice movie to to look at the metallicness of dreamland and the coldness and how robotic and kind of um disingenuous from there kind of that the shot from above i thought was phenomenal also yeah. and especially on the flip side when it's all on fire which is also kind of <laughs> hilarious i yeah. i like those two shots also a lot from dreamland i i do get what you're what you're going at uh below with some of these shots um i think uh it could have been a bit better but I, yeah. I do like some of the things he was trying to do they did it's funny yeah. i mean it reminded me a lot of big fish i mean similar type of storytelling with the visuals um but i would actually say it was probably like a rough part of the movie because it felt like tim burton like struggled did he want to take a very fantastical and disney-esque or did he want to grind it and grind grind it (laughs) grounded in reality um and uh, i feel like it kind of goes back and forth and bounces around and doesn't really make a choice and stick with it with the thematic style i would kind of appreciate it if the color palette was actually cranked up a bit if they're going to have these fantastical things like dancing like bubbles and elephants and stuff well, like that i mean they get wasted in the original so that would have been fun to see i but, was i was waiting for that moment that didn't happen i was really yeah. sad yeah yeah and that's a good call out brylin because I mean, Danny DeVito was in Big Fish, almost the same, almost the same um, style okay. character. Yeah. No, no, almost the same role. Yeah, kind of like that fatherly character that's yeah. uh, not sure what to do because he's freaking out. Type yeah, of thing. and so if you take 
big fish, and then if you take the greatest showman, it seems as though that Dumbo <laughs> somewhere falls in between these two. But both of those movies are much, much better. Uh, yeah. And kind of going off of that point, Brylin, I, I really wanted him to double down like KFC sandwich on Tim Burton with the weirdness and the quirkiness of this. Like, it this was by far the safest movie I've seen Tim yeah. Burton do. And yeah. that's really sad, especially when you have an original movie where it seems as though people are on acid with these pink uh, elephants dancing in the sky when a baby elephant gets drunk with a little mouse. You, they're figuring out what the hell's happening. They randomly wake up in a tree and some crows are like, what's going on with you guys? So it's crazy that you get this movie that there's so many it's a flying elephant who has giant ears. Like that's Tim Burton's, I feel like that's his this is movie was made for him to have these weird, quirky, like all out of nowhere characters. It seems as though that, and we talked about characters here, like even the dress and the style, especially for Keaton's character, was ridiculous, right? Like it didn't even yeah. make any sense sometimes. Yeah, Keaton's wig was but, awful. I mean, if they were making Terrible. a, if they were making a. Uh, a Monopoly movie, he'd probably be a great <laughs> oh, for money sure. bags. For sure. I'm just bummed. Like, it seems like some of the things were there, right? It seems like he wanted to crank it up, and I think I would appreciate some of these characters more if they would just do what they were doing a little bit more, like just crank it up to like 150. Like, why not? Uh, I think I would have enjoyed it because now I know that we're in a bit of fantastical world and they it felt like they try to ground it to say, hey, this could be real. This could be a possibility, minus the fact that this, you know, this elephant flies. And so I don't know why they try to do a bit more of a realistic approach and not just live in the fantasy world. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What else you got, Brian? Um, I wanted to just uh, mention that I I liked actually the character arc for uh, Nico Parker's character, Millie, the daughter. Um, at first, I was kind of worried, like the first half of the movie, that she was. We were just seeing like a very shallow version of a child dealing with a loss of a parent and a parent not being there because of uh, the war that. Um, she decided to kind of venture into her mind and just focus on logic and reason to kind of get her through this uh, tough, like this tough life and this trauma that she's dealing with. And I, I kind of appreciated that they actually took a little effort for her to kind of actually explore that a little bit, especially with the friendship that starts to blossom with Dumbo, that when Dumbo comes into their lives, she, even though she's still... Uh, wants to pursue like science and being a scientist and wanting to make great things that I think her friendship that she creates with Dumbo uh, actually helps her kind of also see like the important parts of uh, connecting and having more of a human approach to what your dreams are and things like that. So I did appreciate that part of what her character was. Yeah, but she was a terrible actress, and it was a ham-fisted storyline. Like, of course, the whole key <laughs> well, thing is going to come back, and like, it's like it's. I don't know if I'm older, and I'm like, I you know, my seven. You're jaded, but, man. You're jaded. I don't, no, no, no. But like, I don't know if maybe a kid was like their mind was blown at the end when she's like, "It's like my key is your feather. They're the same because it's the same metaphor. I'm going to throw it away, and you could fly now." Like, I I bet there was like a six-year-old that like. Crap the yeah, pants. there's gonna be some five-year-olds that are gonna love that shit. Right, but I don't know if I'm just too old to like 
not disconnect. you know to like because yeah to disconnect like that also she so discount violet baudelaire was like <laughs> the most wooden plank actress i've ever seen in my entire life like they talking about tim burton going a little bit zanier they should have had her act like even less so then it would have been like comical you know it was she was like she acted just enough where it's like oh you're just really bad at this I'm sorry, I don't mean to, like, yeah. take a dump all over some, like, <laughs> seven-year-old's acting, but, like, come on, producers, you could have done better. Yeah, that, I think, like, that's... Tim Burton has a um, weird, maybe he has a weird fetish that we see because... Whoa, uh, Whoa Hollywood, not, yo. Not, not to kids or anything, but, like, uh, like actresses with big foreheads. Like, I mean, he started with casting Winona Ryder and then Helena Bottom Carter and then, and now this kid here, and they all got these big foreheads. Like, why is that Tim Burton? <laughs> uh, now that you say that, I really feel like Eva Green. I also remember Eva Green was in Dark Shadows as well as a yeah. gothy vampire. <laughs> it should have been Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, is that totally should have been. <laughs> I was going to say, where was she in this movie? Yeah, she should she, she should have been in this movie. Uh, I think they had a character. Yeah, they that. did. I don't think she'd oh. been in his movie since then. Um, yeah, uh, yeah uh, going off well, of Nico. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, going back to that character, like I am a huge fan of putting a young girl who's like super into the STEM subjects and whatever. She's into science and, and technology and innovation and all of that stuff. For me, it was a little heavy handed. Like, Oh, we used the scientific method to find out. Like, no kid is going to say it like that. And I love what they were trying to do, but I feel like they so strongly missed the mark with that one. Yeah, they, they needed to actually actually do stuff and not just tell us what you were supposed to do. Right. Um, show not, me. Don't yeah, tell show me. me. Yeah. There was yeah. literally zero, <laughs> zero inventions that she was doing. Well, she she didn't create anything until yeah. the very end. You yeah, did she invent? Anything. Did she invent movies? By the way, is that what they're like trying to? I think. Yeah. Or she yeah, built her own movie projection system. It, it would have been great to see. That, that was like the coolest part. Yeah, it would have been great to see some of these inventions that she just kind of got, like it, especially when um, <laughs> uh, Holt comes back and is like digging through the actual. Uh, box maybe there's like a lot of different t- uh, like trinkets and things that she was kind of working on like why she wants to be like some sort of motivation give me something kind of tell me something of what makes your character sort of stand out um again i feel bad i i really try not to harp on uh young and child actors i think all this stuff that was bad for her was because of the director all that I cannot blame her for anything. Yeah. I blame her mostly for the script. reading, yeah, reading the lines yeah. that was to given to her, and also the direction that was given to her to be like, yeah, that's a good job. That's a good job, Nico. <laughs> you probably should have told her no. That's terrible. But <laughs> you know, they let her go. And or, so, hey, what if you try it this way? That's a nicer all, way of exactly. saying no. Yeah. It's also a bummer because I'm curious to see if they actually had like a live stand, a stand-in or something, or if they were these two children who. From looking at their IMDb, has never been in an actual movie before, and uh, this particular kind of caliber is just sitting with a green screen, just acting by themselves. And I'm like, come on! Like, I really hope you didn't give them that because you're setting them up for failure. If that's something that you did, 
because it definitely seems like there was no elephant there. There's nothing there to stay in place for that elephant um, when they were just um, having scenes with Dumbo. And there was a lot of scenes with the, the kids and Dumbo. So I'm like, oh, man, like at least mix it up a little bit and have like a third person be there so that you can kind of work on your spacing and a bit, it makes a bit more sense. So we're not just looking at two kids, really just one. I know somebody's going to talk about Finley. <laughs> I was just going to say, speaking of two kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the stuff that we're talking about, uh, Nico's Nico Parker's character Millie. I got nothing to say about Joe's because he wasn't yeah. in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. He oh, I can do a, for... I can do a handstand. Oh, word. <laughs> you mean you can kick your body up against a wall? Come on. Yeah, yeah. That no, wasn't even a no aspirations, <laughs> no goals, no no character. He's Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> like, but here's and here's the worst thing, and this is why I, you know, this is why I hate all the characters in this movie was because you didn't even try with Joe character. You at least tried with some of these other characters, some development, some things that was happening there. Whatever, I didn't like it. What was Joe wanting to be when he grows up? How did his loss of his mom actually affect him? A real boy, like uh, <laughs> right? Like it's it's such a bummer that you just they just chose to ignore him entirely in the movie. Yet this dude is in almost every scene in the movie, and he's it's mind blowing. He'll become right? a beat yeah. He doesn't exist in the he doesn't exist in the the animated. So that means that. Neither one have, of them exists in the anime. No, that's, but that's what I'm saying is oh. that like the, the writers had to like, sit down and be like, we need a brother character. And that's it. That's where they, they stopped at that. They're like, we, let's write brother. I, I will say together. this, though. The handstand scene, uh, the, when he tries to say, like, he's like, you know, cut the shh. And then they say dad. Uh, the 40-year-old moms in my theater that I watched this with, like, started cackling. They loved that <laughs> line. Sorry, go um, I feel like the two kids together are supposed to be the replacement for the little mouse in the first movie. Oh, I hate that. I hate everything. Right? Else. Because they wanted to put more human characters into the plot, but they got rid of the only cool character from the first movie and replaced them with like four shells of people. And I, I mean, so, and I, will, I'll, I was going to definitely bring this up later on, but Timothy... Q Mouse was his name, was definitely a Jiminy Cricket sort of character, but he was super wise. He had he had so much information and knowledge to share about Dumbo and these little kind of quips and things like that that's helping Dumbo kind of achieve his sort of full potential, whatever. Um it made a lot more sense of this random this random mouse who's just happened to be in the circus just knows that. And it also was a nice um it's a nice comparison. It's a nice parallel because even in this movie, they kind of mention, oh, aren't uh, elephants supposed to be afraid of mice? Right? And that was another throwaway line. It's nice because we see that these adversaries usually, and we all know majority of the times, like elephants are afraid of mice. Now in the original movie, it's something nice to see that actually they actually have the chance to kind of help out each other. I like how they were doing that. I don't know why they got rid of that character. Uh, and then also replace them with a, just a random white mouse that had a hat and a jacket on that was stuck in a cage. Which mouse. had more personality than Joe. <laughs> For sure. For sure. a cool hat. Oh. <laughs> a cool hat, yeah. I, you know, I so I basically only have one thing. Uh, well, I have two things. First of all, I like Frank Reynolds in this movie. I thought he was entertaining. 
but he should not have been like Frank in Reynolds. every uh Danny DeVito. Oh, oh. oh Frank. <laughs> yeah. Like he was he was entertaining, but I think this goes back to my main point about these characters. Who was the main character? Dumbo. Really? He didn't talk. Yeah, Dumbo. he should have. Dumbo doesn't need to talk. Yeah. Dumbo didn't talk in the original. Oh no, he should have in this movie. He should yeah. have in this movie. There were well, so many sequences that we're looking through Dumbo's eyes, and I'm like, Oh, I thought those were. I thought those were so cool. No, that was but the yeah, only but, time that you got his perception of anything. Give me some and internal dialogue. More than that. Yeah. Well, one thing yeah. I did, I did think they could have done more with the Dumbo vision. I, I like the Dumbo vision, but one of the scenes that I thought could have actually helped us like kind of understand Dumbo and make him more unique was like that whole thing with the elephant bubbles. I thought it would have been neat if we, if we see it from the audience size, they look like just very ornate, like bubble streams and that are supposed to be elephant shaped. But when Dumbo sees it, he sees that animated like March of the Elephants happening. And I think if they cut back in between that to show us uh, that Dumbo sees the world in a very unique way, that would add a lot more to Dumbo's personality That's beyond like really great CG. Um, but also it could have been like, hey, this this elephant's on some acid. We know why he can fly now. <laughs> but so the point is, though, that like. So you have Dumbo, who uh, doesn't talk, you know. Then you have uh, the dad, Colin Farrell, who we've already talked about is nonsensical, doesn't change. And we already talked. We also talked about the daughter, who you could argue is also the main character. But then they also give uh, Frank Reynolds, uh, Danny DeVito's character, a million lines too. So and you know you kind of follow his arc going through like uh, an one point successful to low end uh, through the stratospheric rise. It's like they gave all these people character, like what they thought was character development and screen time that they, you basically didn't know who you were kind of rooting for at the end. It, besides just like genetic, genetic, uh, generally everyone. Not you know? Vanderbilt. Yeah. But even, even he was like, even they gave him a somewhat sim, uh, sympathetic note where they're like, yeah, this guy, he has dreams, but he has no money, you know, and he's trying to like the bank's not going to give you money. to Right. So is, is, is the craziness. bank ultimately the bad guy by like downstream bad guy transitions? Like, it no, because Alan Arkin was super cool. If you watch the big so the short, bank can't be the bad guy this yeah. all out for you. <laughs> but it, it's one of those like. There's no there's no concentration on one person. Like when you watch Star Wars, Luke Skywalker is the main character. You have, you know, four or five other characters that you're heavily invested in, but you could just you could see he takes the central journey across the entire narrative. Um like you I think that was the big worry with uh Batman versus Superman and Civil War and like the Avengers movies where you're trying to give all these high-powered personalities their own arcs. And uh, some of those movies did it very well. Dumbo is more like, let's say, uh, the direct current way of doing things where they had these characters and they had, you know, for most of them, good actors like Colin Farrell, Danny DeVito and Michael Keaton. Like those are that's very, very good talent right there. Um, and they somehow just threw up all over themselves and called that a script. Uh, what? Sorry, that threw me off. <laughs> Ryan, what else you got? Um, other things I would uh, mention. Um, 
just uh, Michael Keaton's Vanderveer, I found like utterly annoying as a villain. We've seen him make fantastic villains with like the Vulture and Spider-Man. Um, that I don't know what the hell his influence was for this. That it's like every single line should be delivered with a different accent. And the whole climax of the movie where he's kind of taken down, he takes out himself by flipping a lot of knobs and switches and randomly not listening to his people uh, around him saying, like, you can't do it like that. And he just continues to flip knobs and then everything explodes and catches on fire. I, he was a bad, bad villain. Uh, he well, really wasn't, um, really didn't feel like a threat. And I think that's like one of the bigger picture things about this is like that the movie never felt like the stakes were high. And I think kind of like you have a villain here that, yeah, you can definitely see a sleaziness, the way he's trying to screw, uh, um, Frank over and stuff like that, uh, that, um, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's not really hidden or shown as like a benefactor and then like a neat twist or anything like that, or any complexity to his villainous ways. It's just, he's straight up like a very slap slap together villain that kind of just is his own worst enemy and takes himself out. So like even the, um, even the uh, farriers don't uh, Dumbo don't really have hurdles to go over except of get out of this guy's way, um, and they basically serpentine out of the way of this guy's madness and recklessness, and that's it. I felt like Michael Keaton was playing the movie that I thought Tim Burton would have mm. made. I and mm-hmm. I yeah, think I think he was like. Do I do Beetlejuice or do I do something right? else? <laughs> I, I, and, and like, I'm looking at it and I was thinking, I was like, man, the, my first glance and I was thinking about, um, as we talked about this conversation, I was like, well, this is bad. It feels like this is just off. And it almost has felt like almost everything. Uh, and I think literally everything that Keaton was doing was as if he was playing in a different movie. And so as we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, wait, if this movie was quirkier, kind of out there and ridiculous, this would have been a funny Michael Keaton performance of a bumbling villain that's still, you know, trying. That's like not everything's kind of matching. He's like at least being sort of endearing in certain certain cases and quite kind of not. Um, Could have been like weird. an evil Willy Wonka. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Willy Wonka's yeah, yeah, not, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know if I want to get down that road. Yeah. Uh, but it, it felt like he was playing the villain that this movie should have been. Like, it should have been, like, a lighter, like, more of a comedic um, approach to this. Because they already changed everything else of the movie. So you may as well change this villain and insert this villain in who wasn't there in the first place anyway. Like, it just didn't make any sense. The one thing that really confused me, and I'm curious to get everybody's approach on this, is they gave him a line... Uh, and by he, I, you know, I'm still talking about Michael Keaton's playing by Vanderveer. They gave him a line when they were approaching Dreamland, and he goes, "Oh yeah, there's the uh, like the scientific sort of like breakthrough world of wonders, you know, world of wonders." And don't ever tell anybody that don't don't follow your dreams. And Vanderveer, uh, Vanderveer says that, and I was like, "Oh shit, is he calling out?" How bad of a father again? Yeah, Colin Farrell is. Well, because then Colin Farrell gets super uppity and is like, "Well, I'm not saying she can't." Yeah, I didn't. He's like, "You kind of did, bro." Yeah, you did. (laughs) And um, 
it was weird because he then makes a line of, you know, nothing is impossible. And has anybody seen Tomorrowland here? Yeah. No. Okay. So I, I kind of got a mix of tomorrow. It's weird. I'm mixing a lot of movies, but I got a mix of tomorrow. It's because and- it wasn't its own movie. Yeah. This is, this yeah. is a non movie. Like little bits of, yeah. Well, exactly. It's yeah. like uh, Tomorrowland and um, <sighs> Meet the Robinsons, right? And I was like, man, this is just a weird hodgepodge of a character because you saying like nothing's impossible was like something very like, oh, cool. Like he just gave uh, Millie some like confidence. And then you throw that confidence away when you're like, oh, hey, don't do that. It has to overload. Hey, don't worry about it. I know what I'm doing. Nothing's impossible. And he breaks the machine at the end. I'm like, bro, why? Why Why would you do that? And so that's why I felt like it was different. It should have been different. If this were like an action movie that had a sequel or it was a trilogy or something like that, that would have been the perfect opportunity to then make Millie the villain of the next movie. Like if she <laughs> follows in this guy's footsteps because he's the only one who's supporting her dream because her dad isn't doing anything. There's so many different ways this could have gone, and they did nothing. Well, they should have just inter- – int- I forget who said it earlier, but they should have introduced Keaton in the beginning of the movie as, like – I forget who they said it, benefactor. Because, like, there was four minutes between him as this guy who's calling out Colin Farrell on being a bad dad and not supporting his daughter in, like, all of our dreams. And then, like, seven minutes later, he's trying to kill Dumbo's mom. You know, like there was there was no emotional resting point where you could think for a second and be like, oh, yeah, this character is a good guy. Oh, no, this big twist. I just don't see why they didn't just kind of sort of tell a bit of a story of P.T. Barnum or like somebody who trying to be like P.T. Barnum in the United States. I I just don't see if you change everything about the movie, you may as well try to make it a little bit more um, realistic of things that has happened in the past. Like if you're uh, not going to follow the original plot or go super fantasy. Yeah. Maybe make it more like Brylin was saying, pick one fantasy or realistic. Yeah. Like they're just waiting that line. And had they gone more realistic, well, it could have gone down one of those. It, Barnum it's, a, daily it's almost like they didn't give Tim Burton his daily acid dose, but like cracked <laughs> his back, you know, gave him like a deep tissue massage and cracked his back. And they're like, oh, from the flashbacks, write the movie that way. But it's like, no, no, just let Burton drop a bunch of acid and then, you know, write the film that it should have been. Kind this, of a bummer. This dude made Beetlejuice, which is amazing. So, but also Big Fish, too. I love me some big fish, bro. Yeah. Uh, one last character I just wanted to uh, mention, just because it's like the most what the fuck cameo ever, is Michael Buffer as the MC at the Coliseum. Uh, Liked it. I. It was just <laughs> so out, just out of there, and I was just <laughs> like, fine. We're this far into the movie. <laughs> just throw something just totally nonsensical in here. Um, is Tim Burton a boxing fan? I don't know. Who whose choice was this? Was this a studio choice or was this a Burton choice? <laughs> Guys, I hated that so much. <laughs> movie. He uh, says, let's get that, ready to Dumbo. It's the fact that they <laughs> damn, I know I keep talking about comparisons. I'm, trust me, I'm, I'm not trying to do that. They took a uh, fairly unique and i thought it was a pretty good song in the original movie and just set it as like regular dialogue in this movie 
And the fact that they said, let's get ready to Dumbo twice in a span of seven minutes is not good. It's like, hold up. You, we just did that again. This character was from Tim Burton's strange and fantasy movie. Like I, I'm completely bought in if that character is not in this movie and it's in a different version, but because that character's here, I'm like, that, that just doesn't make any sense. Like, what are we supposed to... Kids will have no idea who this person is. No idea who this person is. So you're making this movie for who? People who were... Grew up with the 1940s version? I mean, what, can we, what do we care about boxing at all? It's such a strange choice to make that he's like, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea to kind of not only put this guy in, but let's say it twice. What? Why? They should have had Joe Rogan. He's got to get paid. Bro, I MMA wouldn't mind Joe Rogan. Generation. I mean, I wouldn't. Joe Rogan <laughs> would have made way more sense in this scenario. Hey, Dumbo, have you done DMT? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, you see that, pink elephants flying. For, uh, the pink ele- elephant line, like throwaway line, also like frustrated me. Of like Danny DeVito saying, "Oh, pink elephants." No response from anybody, and then they just go back to it. I was like, "Oh, cool, great, that's excellent, excellent timing on that line, guys." We're uh, so we're. I think we're looking pretty good talking about acting and characters. We've already started talking about the plot and the story. I know I definitely already kind of jumped a gun to talk about comparisons to the original. Um, I'll talk toss it over to Brylan. Says Brylan, start us off with talking more about comparison to the original, the plot, and the story of Dembo, nineteen forty one and twenty nineteen. Yeah, so I haven't seen the original one probably for. Um, almost 25, 30 years because uh, it was one of those Disney movies that I definitely watched as a kid. And, um, but I don't know, maybe it was like one of the darker movies at that time that I watched. And I kind of like was scared of it because of how dark it was and that it was kind of not as lighthearted as other Disney films that I saw at that time, like uh, things like Robin Hood or the Jungle Book and stuff like that. Um, but, um, I found that if I remember correctly, the elephants actually spoke in the original one and, and like, they Not were the Dumbo, ones that gave Dumbo his elephant. name, but yeah. they right. didn't really, they didn't really criticize Dumbo until they start to see like, Oh, because these big ears, you're tripping over yourself. And we see Dumbo actually be a bit of a klutz before he finds something that helps him stand out, which is the flying. Uh, in the original one. And I found that it was kind of uh, just help. I mean, just hurt the movie a bit that they didn't wait until like seeing him be kind of klutzy in this movie. It was just like, Oh, you're born with big ears. You're going to be worthless. And they just like hit it home right off the nail. As soon as they see Dumbo that, Oh, you are weird and, um, and misshapen and you cannot, star in this circus you're going to make me lose money and that was an instant jump to conclusion on that on that baby that was just born's part so i found it that it kind of lost an edge because they didn't really kind of give them something to feed off of with giving dumbo the name dumbo i thought it was like really weird that it came from a random audience heckler that said oh look it says dumbo on the sign and not jumbo jr so i thought that was not as strong as what the original movie did 
Um, it, def- it definitely waters it down and it makes it so that this is just another movie that we need to hate people. Okay, yeah. like, uh, like I, I felt yeah, at all least people in that are first, terrible. Yeah, them. in that first movie, we know that bullying's terrible, right? Bullying yeah. is terrible and bad, and that's completely fine. But at least in the first movie, the uh, animals it, were bullying Dumbo. Because, yeah, and it hurts it was a bit animals. more because it's coming from his own kind. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now in this movie, it makes so that well, humans are making fun of the animals. Like, what is that supposed? Supposed to say like what are you trying to do we already hate humans in this movie especially one of my favorite characters in this movie rufus sorgum anybody nobody talked about this guy died yeah (laughs) (laughs) what a terrible character yeah Yeah, but so the character was like movie death though right brylan i again i looked at it i was like oh this dude's a bad dude this guy's clearly <laughs> evil, right? Like the street okay. bags nice. <laughs> yeah, like it was it was hilarious. I was like cackling in the theater of like, I can't wait to see this guy die. Oh shit, he actually died. That's great. Uh and so I, I just think it's kind of a bummer that what are we teaching our children and what are we teaching our kids when we says it's okay for somebody of a different species, different race, different whatever? to make fun of somebody even before they even do anything. Exactly what sort of lessons are we actually showing and doing to the point where they didn't rectify that later on. Like that, that just yeah. set throughout the movie. Yeah. And it was weird because you, they find like this animal has a fantastical gift. And I think, uh, like you said before, Warren, like you kind of blame like the worst faults of this movie on the director and the screenplay as well, that we, we get a lot of repetition in the visuals, especially with the flying. We just kind of see like basically one way that Dumbo flies, even though he's just flying under a big tent the whole time, uh, for the most part. Uh, but, uh, also when it comes to, uh, when it comes to just like, making sure that uh, we have risk and everything that it never really feels like there's a risk or a threat to Dumbo at any time. It just feels like, all right, what's the next set piece that we have to have Dumbo actually show in and actually fly in. And we lose a lot of that because of uh, things like, um, Oh, they're jumping to conclusions about uh, this elephant's not going to work because he's got big ears. He's definitely going to be one of the clowns and not one of the star elephants. That um, they also criticize Dumbo for landing wrong, and they even though you just saw an elephant fly and that's a one of a kind thing, and you're going to say you're not going to sell tickets because of that, that because the elephant flew out of the tent. That's going to be something where you don't finance it. You must be crazy. So it also goes back to what are these choices that Burton's making when making this movie? Is he wanting to ground in reality or is he wanting to actually have a fantastical world? He just seems to not know what to choose this time. Uh, It's just kind of a bummer because I feel I, I, and I also would like to see if Burton actually finished this movie or not. Um, it just feels as though that there was a lot of things that it felt like he wanted to do. Yet it was a lot of things that when they went down to execution just didn't happen. Or we thought something weird and different was going to happen, but we got a, a, a pretty much a cookie cutter story that also didn't have um, 
any heart to it in a lot of yeah. different moments. Yeah, because I remember the original Dumbo being like a really big tear-jerker, like probably the most tear-jerking movie at that time besides watching Bambi and the death of Bambi's mom. Uh, that Dumbo would actually make people cry profusely because of what it was about, that a, a child separated from its parent from forced means and stuff and having to get back to that. And I don't know if I remember this correctly, but doesn't the mom die in the original one? Yeah. No, they do get reunited. Yeah. But it's not so, like they find a big elephant paradise or anything like that. I think no. you're getting a couple of <laughs> you're getting a couple of movies mixed up, Brian. Because <laughs> there's a giant elephant paradise out of nowhere in this movie, and I don't think that's in the original either. Um, I went ahead and watched the original before I saw this movie because um, I actually don't remember watching this movie as a kid. And I don't know. I was talking to Warren about it. I don't know if I watched it once as a kid and I thought it was too dark or I didn't like it. And I just went back to watching Beauty and the Beast over and over again. But the one memory I have of this movie was watching it in like a Spanish class in high school. So it was in Spanish and I didn't know what was happening. Um, and I still didn't like it. <laughs> and so I rewatched it before I went to go see this one. And um I feel like it wasn't, it was dark, but it wasn't as dark as I remembered it being. And I too remember like this feeling of this poor elephant is like torn away from his mother. And like, for some reason I had this memory that she had died as well, but she didn't. And she was there the whole time. Like at least in this new version, they sell the mom and, sh and he doesn't know where she is. But in the original, like she's just right there. She's just locked up. Yeah. And he could still kind of see her. But um, one of my favorite parts from the first movie was the introduction, the original movie. Um, the first, what, five, ten minutes where the storks are delivering all the baby animals. So and they do a cute flyover of the United States map. And the train is, like, going on it. And it's all drawn and everything. But I thought that was really neat. And that's about where I stopped enjoying the movie, <laughs> <laughs> which is really sad. But that, that's that. So the, their take on that in this new one, I kind of liked. You guys would probably be better at talking to the CGI aspect of the train and all of that than I am. But um, they did a cool similar flyover of the states and and whatever but they took out the whole stork thing which was cute in the first movie and the stork character was what did you notice the stork in this movie though yeah, yeah he's in it for like a split second yeah Stupid. he didn't Stupid. yeah they were flying it was like flying by just get the fuck out of the movie <laughs> why are you here why it was just here? a wink to the. It was a wink, you know. It was like a. It was an Easter egg, if you will. I thought we were about to get it. Not an Easter egg. That's an Easter egg. That was an Easter egg. Natural. I mean, a CG elephant get birth on screen for a moment. Ah, oh, I was but so like Ace Ventura. Yo, when she was turned around, I thought that that thing was coming out too. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> like well, this Ventura. is gonna be a real, real thing. These four-year-olds next to me. <laughs> Nature. Yeah, uh I mean, uh, Megan, I really enjoy, uh, there was some other moments that I really enjoyed for the, uh, original movie too, but kind of going off of that intro, there's no reason why they couldn't do that intro scene. 
in yeah. this movie now. Yeah. They just chose not to. Uh, right. And well, I thought it was interesting that the the train had a 41, like 1941, the year the uh, original Dumbo came out. But I thought it was a little different, uh, difficult. Now, I saw this in IMAX. I assume everybody else saw it in either IMAX or standard. Nobody saw this in 3D? No. I saw it standard. Okay. Um, I couldn't, I could not, and I thought it was me, and I was like, man, I need to get my glasses checked out. I could not read anything on the train for the beginning sequence when it was going by, because it was, like, super blurry. And I was like, uh, I can't see this. Am I supposed to be able to read what's what type of um, acts that these are? Because it was kind of going back and forth, yeah, and that's when we got a like, little info. I thought they were kind of doing a clever, like, these are the credits. Yeah, like almost like a bit of an exposition to like, oh, hey, this is some of the stuff. Because the, the reason why I'm bringing this up is I think we were actually supposed to see some of Holds those things. His wife on there. Yeah, because yeah. then we get the fact that <laughs> the entire camp was decimated by influenza. <laughs> oh, shit, word? We're getting crazy in this movie. <laughs> and so a lot of people actually died and he hasn't had a chance to kind of change out those carts. And clearly that's, what's telling us of this, uh, traveling circus is struggling. That's what I thought was supposed to happen. I'm not entirely sure, but my, my brain could be making a lot of uh, other leaps, um, to what it should have happened. Megan. Um, the other thing that I wanted to point out, the comparison between the original and this one, um, I know you guys were talking about the, the drunk elephant scene from the original and how much you enjoyed it. I did not like that. And I thought it was kind of a waste of four minutes. It reminded me a little bit of Winnie the Pooh. That I don't even fully remember the scene in Winnie the Pooh, but I think he had like way too much honey and then it's like hallucinating all these dancing elephants and stuff. And so that's what this felt like but i didn't like it and i liked the the 2019 version of it so much better the the bubbles that we had talked about um i liked that interpretation of it significantly more um man i know there's not a lot of positive that i can pull out here (laughs) i thought it was weird because in the original i was like who just leaves a bucket of booze outside and it's kind of like green tinted yeah so when i'm watching it i'm like i know they're not going to die but i feel like they're drinking poison well i mean it 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 is it's just a mimosa i mean i don't know come on come on just an apple teeny dumbo come on man um yeah i i thought i I, I hear you. I like the actual visual aspect of the 2019 version. Um, I do like your point, though, Brylin. Like, I really wish it was from Dumbo's point of view. I think that would have been mm-hmm. very, mm-hmm. very impactful. But I do enjoy that moment with um, Timothy E. Mouse, Q. Mouse, excuse me, and Dumbo in the original. Because that was as if he was trying to help Dumbo, and that was just one of the things of, oh, hey, look, you, you got all soap on you. Like, you're all messy. Let's see if we can try to kind of clean you up. They didn't know it was booze. It was, like, completely accidental. And after that, that's kind of what led him to believe. That would led him to know that Dumbo can fly, and they didn't realize. Uh, so I think it definitely, there was a reason for that sequence, from what I 
I thought in, in the, the original. original. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think okay, that that makes a bit more Bye. sense. In this one, it didn't really make a lot of sense because Dumbo was like it was a weird placement of watching the bubbles in this in this movie. I was like, oh, oh, so it's kind of like an act, but what well, doesn't make make any sense? Uh, and so unless that was leading him up to being able to kind of figure that his mother was there. It didn't happen, but it would it could have made a bit more sense. Uh, so I at least like that uh, scene in the uh, original, but definitely weird though. I, I, I can see why it could be weird. Wasn't that the scene where he found out his mom was there though? Not, didn't he, he see it, all the elephants and then she like made a noise and that's when he knew? I think she made a or noise no. when he was just flying around. Yeah. He got distracted by the noise and went to Danger Island or whatever it's called. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Was it called Danger Island? No, No, it was like Nightmare. (laughs) Nightmare Nightmare Island. Island, Nightmare Island. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Megan, what else you got want to share? It's okay if it's negative. Um... I don't know if Brylin said this or just wrote it down, um, but that it it felt like a lot of the movie was built up for these flying scenes. And I think that the Dumbo flying scenes were probably some of the coolest scenes, um, but they also felt kind of lackluster in some ways. I enjoyed when Dumbo flew and like picked up the water from the thing and like spit it out at those kids who were making fun of him. I thought that was funny. And that was in the original as well. Um, But there just wasn't too much to it. Like I think Warren, as you were saying in the, in the original film, there's this lead up to everyone's making fun of Dumbo. And then all of a sudden he realizes he can fly. And that's kind of like the climax of the movie is he learns that he has this really cool, unique thing. Whereas in this movie, he learns he can fly so early on. What is what is the point of the movie? Like, what are we trying to get over? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so those those flying scenes felt a little bare because, like, it was just this cool <laughs> thing he could do. It didn't really do anything. That was a funny pun, but okay. <clears throat> Bear, elephant. Are we going to address the elephant in the room about Warren's terrible puns? Uh, it's better than your so, quote-unquote Easter eggs. Easter eggs are great. <laughs> They're delicious. Uh, I'll go next here. Uh, and so I think you even kind of, we already kind of touched on a couple of these things, but going off of Brylin and Megan, um, I, I keep saying how this movie is kind of like a different movie and it's very true. I felt like this was the Ready Player One that happened last year that it was kind of sort of uh it touched on the original but had nothing to do with the original movie and it added an entirely new storyline that didn't matter at all it was dumbo and name only yeah yeah for sure and i was like man this is has nothing to do with the original and you completely changed everything you entirely flipped it on like its head to make the story about humans when the story should have been about dumbo um and it just to the point where I'm not entirely sure how to even like begin to say, all right, so is this, is this a retelling? Is, is this something that maybe originally Disney wanted to be about who who actually knows? Um, so it definitely made it a a bit confusing there. Um, definitely compared to the original. I mean, one, there was just too much racism in the first movie 
And so sure. black black people weren't even uh, drawn in. Their face and features weren't even drawn in. And to the point where I took note when I was watching this, I'm like, wow, you drew in clowns. You drew in um, all the like, all the uh, the actors and the, the performers, and you literally had the time to draw in all the people that were in the audience. Yet you literally did not draw in any black people's features, which is crazy. I was I was blown away about the first movie. Also, just the depiction of the uh, the crows in the first movie with being depicted as kind of uh, black people was also just kind of fucked up. So. Um, I definitely don't miss that movie at all. Uh, also, the fact that the first movie was only 64 minutes and this movie was two hours, two hours. O- over two hours. I'm like, hold up. How much more shit are you trying to tell the movie that's only 64 minutes? What's going on? Um, so I definitely have issues with both. Uh, I'm not sure which one I can actually pick or not. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, I do wish, though, that the animals were talking in this movie. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen it before. And so I, I'm just not sure why they end up taking a step back and showing us a movie that we have seen plenty times. Um, give me a movie in which Dumbo actually talks. That's going to be the that's that is going to be something that entirely changes from the original, right? Let's let's change it up. Let's have a little mouse that's actually going to be talking too. Why would you end up kind of making that change? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, yeah, so th- those were just some of the things I, I did kind of want to uh, talk about, just about about the comparison of it and, you know, why they made the choices that they made. Uh, yeah, Morton, like, I think you, like, hit the nail on the head with, like, what, I mean, this movie's lacking, which is heart, where the first movie, I mean, you fall in love with Dumbo because of the character's charming and has this story of how is he going to reunite with his mother? And even though she's so close yet so far away and a lot of this very darkness around him, how can he be like a shining beacon of light? And you really don't get that because they want to kind of like ingratiate Dumbo with a lot of like, for the lack of better term light around him, and that the darkness is always coming from the outside. It's not always around them. It's there's no peril you feel. And I think that, I mean, if we had these characters that were around them had a little bit more hard edge, I mean, show that Holt is kind of more fucked up because of the war show that, um, that Danny DeVito's stressing and trying to sell things to not only keep the circus surviving, but also give them a bit of a selfish stint as well. Uh, you don't, you definitely don't need any character getting to a racist tone with that. You could definitely modernize the script, but still keep the same threats of peril around it. And then that's what they took away was the threat of peril that was around Dumbo in that original movie, which made it such a cool thing where it's like a desperation of light to shine through darkness. Do you think it would have been different if uh, Colin Farrell's character was missing a leg and not an arm? I think it would have been different if Colin Farrell's character showed a little bit more uh, like resentment towards his kids and not just neglect or miscommunication. Mm. Did anyone else I also think, think the other people I, were their parents, by the way? Oh, at first I did. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Because I think, uh, I think like, with with Holt, I mean, you had an opportunity to not only talk about someone that's been through war and lost something through war, but also lost his wife while he was in battle, too. 
And has he actually dealt with that? It didn't seem to affect him. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I want that away. He's he's just like, I want to get back to my life. And it's, it's something that that's all we get from Holt. And that's kind of like what I would say, like a major weak spot is that you have this father figure that isn't really dealing with his issues in any type of mature way that could have been very perilous for everyone around him. And also you, any type of villain in the movie is very cartoonish and gets in their own way and destroys themselves. I think they hint at um, his missing of his wife in that one kind of also throwaway scene where he's looking at her picture and the daughter comes in and he's like, well, it's late, go to bed. And then yeah. he leaves and she realizes that he was looking at a picture of her mom. I mean, but but they didn't do anything with that. Like they thought, had so many opportunities to do something like you're saying, and they just sidestepped it. Yeah, I thought they were going to definitely get to the resentment route because of when he gets into the tent, sees that everything is sold, and he opens the trunk and pulls out his saddle and uh Third rate, third rate Violet Beauregard is is like, I want to be a scientist. And he's like, you see this? This is your legacy. And I think that was actually probably one of the so best. Sad. That was probably one of the best parts. And you wanted, you wanted to build off of that. Down on because that. Yeah. this lone guy sitting on a saddle missing out on what made him part of this family and everything and he's got to find that connection back. But no, they just like say, all right, you're going to work with the elephants. And he's like, all right. That's it. Thank you. But check this out. I can like now wrangle dogs. No, you can't. Also, why were those dogs different colors? Do we never? That lady painted them that way. What lady? There was a lady that they were part of the clown act, and there was a lady that actually managed them. Like you, I feel like you make a movie, didn't you? She's in in the background (laughs) with the dogs. I was like, at the circus troupe. I don't know, Brian. I think you're talking about a different movie. Colorful dogs can draw a crowd. I do like how the circus troupe at the end helped save Dumbo, and they each like the way that their act in the in the troupe was is what helped them do whatever. Like the contortionist guy and the strong man, and like the mermaid lady. Magicians use magic. To turn up the lights. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> I'm gonna fancy yeah. press this button. Wait, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> what? We should have had Job on his uh, on his like little scooter come up and just stand <laughs> there not talking like the rest of the movie. Oh man. Man, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, I guess I did sort of enjoy that heist sequence. I just, I'm not sure why they chose somebody who has the functionality of one arm to climb up so far up to cut a a hole in the actual tent. One heck of an arm he's got. I'm I'm (laughs) like, wait, why not just, we have gymnasts, we have gymnasts here in this troop. We, we, why not just use them? He's got that Captain America bicep. Oh man! (laughs) (laughs) Hey, leave him alone. He's maintenance. He's gonna go up there and change the light. What? I've never seen a maintenance. (laughs) He clearly. Ah, I hated that. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, so that's my only issue that I have with that plan. I'm like, hold up. What? <laughs> but, but why? That doesn't make any sense here. Mm. Uh, Blue, what you got? Uh, yeah, so I think my big thing on this movie, as well as like most of these remakes, is just like, who, who are they making this film for? You know, like, is this for five-year-olds who are just seeing Dumbo for the first time? Is this for the, you know, millennial generation who wants to harken back to when they watched this as a kid? Um, or is this for, like, people that are 90 years old and that they watched it when they were a kid, you know, for the first time? And 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 so it's it almost seems like they created a film. They looked at the, the structure of the film and were like, well... 65 minutes is an hour long that that won't sell you know like that's there's no way people will pay $15 to go see that movie so we got to get it close to two hours right that's the accepted movie length now um so yeah I think they sat around and went well we can't have talking elephants for you know an elephant talk to a mouse for two hours like no one will pay to see that so I guess let's start writing in human characters and hope that they... And so it just seems like it was a major rewrite to try and get it to fill a standard movie length and then just keep the the name. I think Brown said it's Dumbo in name only. Um, and it shows. It's just a movie that they want to reference the original one but can't because that movie just won't work for today. Um, and and there's just nothing to it. You know, if it was an hour long, I'm sure, they, I'm sure it would have made more sense because they would have focused on maybe only one of the characters and how they tangentially related to Dumbo the elephant. Um, but instead you had to, you had to fit all these different archetypes in there. Um, and I mean, it's showing like right now they're, they're not opening to what they thought they were going to get, you know, beauty and the beast made a ton of money when it came out. Uh, same thing with, didn't Cinderella do pretty good too. Yeah. And then Cinderella was, was a good movie too. What was I the was one? Cinderella. What was the one in the middle? They did one more, right? Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, we talked about. Oh, and then and then Lion King is gonna print money. You know, it's like. Yeah. yeah. Was it the Jungle Book? Wasn't that um someone else though? (laughs) That was John Favreau. No, they they did. That's when uh, Bill Murray was. That's the Bill Murray one. The Jungle Book. Oh, so so that is still under the Disney banner. Well, there was two. It's Mowgli. Isn't Mowgli? Mowgli is the. Yeah. The, I was gonna say Aaron Sorkin one, but the <laughs> no. Andy Serkis one. <laughs> Yo, I kind of want to watch that. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin <Stop>. do Mowgli. <laughs> but, but anyways, like even I mean Warren, what say we will? But like you know that didn't that win like an Academy Award for best visual effects? Jungle Book. So like you have all these these movies that are doing like these pretty interesting things, and then you have Dumbo just sitting in the middle. <laughs> who cares? It's a, it's literally who was this movie made for? They should have backburned it or made it like a Netflix film and just you know released an hour almost shot for shot remake. I, I think it would have been better. It's just kind of a bummer. I mean, I I I feel and I would see that they they have to make they have they making this for the nine to like maybe thirteen fourteen year olds is probably their largest crowd um, to talk about the science to talk about. Um, like the family aspects to talk about, uh, I, I guess just some of these th- of uh, like never giving up on your dreams. Like I guess from looking at just some of the stuff that they put into this movie, that's I think what their target audience. But I'm not sure. Stuff. The stuff. idea of never giving up on your dreams is probably the best summary of what 
the film was trying to do. But I didn't put that together until you just now said it. Oh, that's... Like, that's... I mean, it's sad for me, but... (laughs) (laughs) We've been talking for a long time. You just put that together. (laughs) But I feel like the movie doesn't really give you that in the way that it could have. Because, like, we've been talking throughout this whole thing, everyone kind of has their own mini journey that they're going on and there's not one single focus of the film and so what what is the point who are we focusing on what is the overall theme of the movie because we're missing it and we're not getting the same theme from the original because it's a completely different film for no reason and they have like two themes happening that's main themes of dumbo and the 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 people are the humans in it that feels like it's following your dreams but i don't think dumbo's dream is to fly i think dumbo dreams to get back to his mother be reunited exactly yeah and like flying was his way to get back to his mother i guess he understood (laughs) that from the human who was talking to him he understood english just well yeah you got me yeah i don't know uh, and Blue, you were correct. It did win an Oscar. Jungle Book won an Oscar back in 2017. 20, uh, 20, yeah. uh, a Best Achievement in Visual Effects. So, mm-hmm. but I wasn't saying that it didn't win. I just think that was a bad movie. So, Because it is a bad movie. But we don't need to talk about Jungle Book right now. Uh, so let's move into our uh, lasting thoughts and conclusions. Will we recommend the movie? Uh, if we would recommend the movie, what other movies that we would tell people to watch uh, for watching Dumbo? And if not, what other movies may be out in theaters that you may want to check out in their place? Brylan, what you got? Uh, yeah, so this is the first time I've seen one of these live-action remakes of a Disney classic that they're doing. And for what it was... It was simple and charming, but it definitely lacked the heart of the original. So the only people I can recommend this to is anybody that's five or younger or 60 or older. (laughs) I think that's the perfect groups that will not care much about what we care about and might even cry at. I think this is a movie that make my mom cry. Um, Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to argue. I can't, it's but, tough for me to argue at that. So, all right. <laughs> right. Um, your mom is your mom. Yeah, exactly. And, I cry in commercials on TV, and I yeah. didn't even get remotely teary-eyed in this movie. So, I yeah. that's my argument. Yeah, I was surprised. Like, the trailer of this was definitely, I felt it was going to be a super tearjerker just from the trailer when I first saw it. But no, I did, it didn't happen to me at all, which was surprised me a lot. Jumbo uh, should have died. Joe should have died. Uh, Holt <laughs> should have died. <laughs> just death definitely, everywhere. Definitely People a get shot. Die. It's like a game of thrones came to the circus. Uh, but movies I would recommend uh, instead of this, if you want to see a movie about reuniting like kids and their parents and everything, uh, watch The Rescuers and The Rescuers 2, Down Under. Those are two of my favorite Disney films. Or if you want to see a Disney film that is has some cool elephant moments, uh, watch Fantasia. That's a fantastic movie, too. Um, as far as like these live action films, um, I wasn't sure why they're doing this and why they're making it probably to bring in newer audiences. 
Uh, but I would say I have zero. I had zero interest to see Beauty and the Beast because the animated one's a perfect film. Uh, I have zero interest to see Aladdin or um, Lion King like this because they are definitely upper echelon Disney films. But I think, like, you know what would be cool to see live action like this? I'd like to see Robin Hood like this. I'd love for them to give that a shot. I think that would be neat. They, ha- uh, they have done that. Yeah, they no, did. not not with Terry Edgerton and Jamie Foxx. No. Wait, hold on. So no, a live I want them to actually have a CG fox as Robin and then Blue the Bear as Little John. That's what I want to see. You are... Uh, you had a lot of hot takes. <laughs> live. You had a lot. You there had a you lot go. of hot live takes action. there, Brylan. It was too many from uh, you. Way too but, uh, many hot takes. You should yeah. at least check out Cinderella live action. I know you didn't mention that. I really enjoyed that movie a lot. Yeah, but uh, one other thing I mentioned is like it's interesting. Like, there's tons of Disney trailers in front of this movie, but one thing that actually is interesting about all Disney trailers that are coming out is the obligatory Imagine Dragons soundtrack that they all have. <laughs> <laughs> like, Imagine Dragons just cut like the most lucrative deal ever, and just hearing an Imagine Dragons song, you're just like, "Yep, that's a Disney movie now." <laughs> <laughs> really hope Imagine Dragons isn't in game. How I'll, I'll laugh <laughs> if it is. Uh, Megan, what you got? Would you recommend this movie? If not, what other movies in theaters or out right now would you uh, would you recommend? Um, I would have to say, after seeing the trailer for the movie, I had no interest in seeing it. Um, the only reason I went and saw this movie was for this podcast (laughs) and as much as i enjoy you guys i immediately regretted it (laughs) Uh, Uh, i'll feel bad so (laughs) i don't think i would recommend this movie to anyone unless you're a diehard like jumbo or disney fan and you're gonna love it no matter what then more power to you um if you want to see a killer movie in theaters right now, go see Captain Marvel because that was fantastic. Um, that has a rockin' female scientist lead. So, so much better than little Millie. Um, or is Carol if Danvers a lead or are you talking well, about all of them? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, She's so, a scientist. <laughs> If you're looking for a live action Disney movie, I would 10 out of 10 recommend Beauty and the Beast because I loved it. I enjoyed that movie. I mean, it it wasn't perfect, but seeing Dumbo, I love that movie. I I, I love Beauty and the Beast. More than Cinderella. I am shocked that you really liked Cinderella. Okay. I cannot like a movie? Nope. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, Blue, what you got? Yeah, go watch us. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean like the movie, although I do mean the movie. Just go to our YouTube page and then watch oh, the Down nice. Front podcast because it's more entertaining and has more of a plot development. Uh, there's hidden messages that I've been blinking out uh, sentence by sentence in each one. And if you go back, you can catch the Morse code and it, it's a cohesive story. Um. That's more trying to decipher me, my blinking is a more entertaining thing than Dumbo. That's fair. Dumbo's uh, a lot prettier, though. 
Wow. Debatable. I'm uh, very pretty. Eh, Warren, debatable. Warren's little spoon all the time. Eh, debatable. Um, what? Uh, I definitely would not recommend this movie. I think it's pretty obvious from our review. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't even recommend watching the original Dumbbell because I think it's pretty obvious from our review. And so <laughs> I would probably tell everybody to... Go watch. Uh, go. All you need is about forty-five to fifty hours. Just go do a binge of all the Marvel Cinematic Universe and get ready for Endgame. Don't even worry about the things that's coming out in theaters in between. There's a couple of things that should be good. Pet Cemetery, we hope. Shazam, I hope. But other than that, I think uh, just just go watch. Just go watch the Marvel stuff. I think I watched about five movies in the last couple of days, and so I think I'm going to also do this a uh, bit of a marathon to get ready for Endgame because I think that's going to be great. I watched all of phase one. All of phase one. Nice. I'm going to probably skip the Thors because those are trash. So. Yeah. I'll get I the like Thor. the Thor movie. Oh, Thor Hemsworth is Hemsworth thing, so. God. <laughs> we're, not, we're not surprised. <laughs> At this point, we are not surprised. But isn't it sad that I like the Thor movies and I did not like Dumbo? I think it's completely logical. Yeah, no, I, I'm fine with that. I would rather watch Thor 2 than Dumbo. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> that's so sad. I like, how, I like how that was a unanimous and instantaneous agreement, too. That oh, man. Like, that's I know. Our... I was like, oh, that's so bad. <laughs> well, sorry, Burton. And with that. <laughs> We have been the Down and Front Podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out. Thanks so much for tuning in the official podcast of downinfrontpodcast.com. Thanks so much, Megan Arnold with 16 E's for being our very special guest this evening. Where can people find more of your work on the interwebs? Um, I am, as always, the coolest third of Friends with Blends. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We have a website. Friends W blends on most places. It's a great time. Great time. I'm the I'm the clearly the least coolest of the three. Oh, I'm, true. Yeah. I don't okay. know if you're cooler than Derek though. That's uh. Most, yeah, I know. I'm you are definitely not cooler. I'm gonna, as a third party Derek. arbiter. You are definitely not cooler. <laughs> Shout out to Derek. Shout out to Derek for. Being the, yeah, being by far the coolest. Coolest third. <laughs> it's not hard though with that group of people. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You uh, really tell like it is. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Megan. Uh, thanks, Megan. We always appreciate you having on. Uh, uh, Brylin, where can people find more of your work on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me protesting any live version ideas for Fantasia on Twitter at Bryland, B-R-I-L-U-N-D. If Disney ever makes a live action version of Fantasia, I will burn that studio down. They'll probably um, do it with like Skrillex. Like not <laughs> Beethoven. It'd be like. It would be crazy. Yeah. And who, who would you get to play a broom? Who plays a good broom? Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith. Yeah. Finn Jones? Finn Jones. <laughs> Gosh. That'd be great. Uh, but Joe, yeah, out of this movie, he could be a broom. He could stand on his head. Yo, Joe would be a really good broom <laughs> in the live action of Fantasia. Um, oh, Owen Wilson? Wow. 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 <laughs> 
Uh, you can also find me posting many movie and TV reviews on Instagram at I am Bryland. All right. Uh, Shredder, where can people find more of your work? What music do you got coming up? So uh, you can find us at My News Music or My News Band on most, most platforms. Uh, we should have a new song coming out, like I hinted about early, earlier in the, uh, the podcast, probably you know six hours ago at this point. Um, should be out in the next like week or so, so check out that one. It's about taxes. <laughs> it's appropriate. Also, you can check, uh, check us out at our OnlyFans page. Uh, Jesse wiggles his, his ears. Um, nice. Again, good, you can good, check that out. It's just, it's just Jesse sitting in front of a, you know, on his couch with a, you know, it's, it's a cam site for anyone who doesn't know. Um, it's all you, my you, cams. You, you pay money and watch people do things, uh, mostly for sexual gratification. In this case, Jesse is just wiggling his ears. He has some really nice ears. It's niche, but it works. He yeah. makes a lot of money. For sure. Yeah. Check out more, more of our work at downafrontpockets.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We are on Reddit. We are just about everywhere. And yes, it's hilarious that people are now starting to copy us. So I think that's kind of fun. So thanks so much for that. Downafrontpockets.com. Facebook. Facebook.com. Slash downafrontpodcast. At underscore DAFP for Twitter. Uh, Reddit is downafront.reddit.com. Uh, we're actually going to be on Instagram. If you like what we do, you want to consider signing up to be a Patreon. Patreon.com. Slash downafrontpodcast is also great. Our stuff is going to be on Google Play. It's on the Android Store. It's on uh, Stitcher. It's even on Spotify. Uh, and we have a lot of our amazing themes and music that's going to be on our SoundCloud. So anywhere in everywhere will be great um basically just go to our website you can find all of this amazing information along with our bios uh and other links like to the Mayanus music and also to friends with blends uh the beautiful brylin or the big b where can people uh what uh is our next review that we're going to be doing uh we will be reviewing pet cemetery nice i'm actually pretty excited about this one jason clark Jason Clark is in it, and I'm sure he is not a bad guy because I don't think he can or be. Or a bad father. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, don't, <laughs> Who knows? we don't know. We need to do a podcast. There's another one where you'll have to watch the original first. Yeah. Okay. And that's a good call out because, yeah. really quick, should I watch the original? And then I have another question for you, uh, Megan, after. Do you think watching the original could like cloud my judgment on the new one if they change things up? Good call. Right? Like, Megan, do you feel as though you watched the original? That changed your perception a little bit more as if you just would would have went into uh watching the new movie first? Um, yes. However, in this instance, it made me like the new one better Mm. because I didn't like the original so much. Got it. I also think this is one of those movies coming out where you gotta factor in book as well like i know when the original pet cemetery came out that a lot of people are just like oh it's nothing like the book it sucks but then there are a lot of moviegoers they're like this is a scary ass movie so i think that sometimes in that same instance you can have that background and it'll if you can still go into it and separate them like hey this is a film adaptation of the book it's obviously not going to have everything that the book did um, but it'll maybe still give you some context that you wouldn't necessarily pick up on if you didn't have that background. Good call. 
Yeah, I don't know. I may and I may just go into 2019 version of it and then go back and watch it. Um, Follow your dreams. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go do that. All right. Okay. Cool. Uh, thanks, everybody. Good night. See ya. Bye. Who do we cast the live action song?